Back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Berkman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. No no Astros lineup just yet. He's blank on Branham. Well, I want to hear it now. Biggest game of the Astros season. Yeah, the um, the Brantley thing is interesting. Dusty Baker told us on Monday. Look, we, we were questioning if Dusty if um, if Michael Brantley was ever going to play baseball again because he had the soreness act up again. Uh, Dusty said that Brantley was available Monday. He said yesterday before the game that Brantley will start Wednesday, and then he said after the game that Brantley was available to pinch hit in the seventh inning, uh, but decided to go with John Singleton, which <laughs> that's something that fired up Astros Twitter quite a bit, mm-hmm. going with John Singleton, who's a career, what, buck 20 career hitter in Major League Baseball? Over well, don't Michael count Brantley, the walk Clark, side of that, Jeremy. Don't count that. Uh, I mean, just look at his I mean, entire career. I, and I love the Singleton score. It's a great story. story. I lo- yeah. like, I love the fact that he's still on this team. It does speak to the depth of this team a little bit. But I love the fact that Singleton's here. I love that double dong game that he had. I mean, what a what a great story for, for John Singleton. But if you have the option to use Michael Brantley off the bench or John Singleton off the bench, how is the answer ever John Singleton? It shouldn't be. The only, the only reason why it could be is because Brantley's not available. If, if Brantley's available... There's just two. There was. There, there's been enough situational opportunities where because Dusty had Kessinger on deck instead of Brantley because of the fact that he made this move. You know, it, it started a week and a half ago. I was already upset because of the fact that I wouldn't use his name to actually put on a uniform for the amount of money they've paid him all year, and and then once he started playing and he actually started performing, I'm like, okay, this could be good, but I've always had my doubts. But then the fact that you see all this. And it's going to be so much more frustrating if they knew from the get-go when it wasn't just soreness that they didn't make a, a subsequent move and they probably didn't want all the media on Dusty and everybody asking about it. But I, I just, I'm just i sorry. I have zero confidence that Brantley's going to be in the lineup tonight. See, I, I think, think he's done. I think he'll be in the lineup, and maybe that's you know foolish of me taking Dusty's word. Now, You know, another question is, is he effective? Like, again, if you're using John Singleton because you feel like he gives you a better shot in that seventh inning uh, than Michael Brantley, then you can certainly question the the effectiveness of Brantley. Also, here's the other caveat to this. The Astros are facing Bryce Miller today. They haven't seen a lot of Bryce Miller. Bryce, all of baseball hasn't seen a whole lot of Bryce Miller. The Astros against Bryce Miller, you look at their entire roster that's active today. They are four for 38 against Bryce Miller. It's not great. It's four hits and 38 at-bats. It's not very good. The one guy who's had multi-hits off of Bryce Miller was Yiner Diaz, who's two for three. The only guy who has an extra base hit off of Bryce Miller is Yiner Diaz, who had a double off of him. If Michael Brantley plays today, like Dusty told yeah, us yesterday, playing. he's playing left, Jordan's DHing. It's a Fromber Valdez day. Martin Maldonado's catching. So the one guy that's had half of your hits against Bryce Miller, and granted, that is a small sample size, 38 at-bats, but in those 38 at-bats, the guy who's been the most successful ain't playing tonight. He's coming mm. off the bench for you. In your biggest game of the year. Yes. That is a problem. Because I don't need you to prove to me, see, he's in the lineup. I need that lineup to be locked stock and barrel the best lineup you can put out there and you know Maldi's catching. So God, that could be a big issue. 
And the, the, this is interesting. This lineup's going to be so interesting I tonight. And the thing think... is, too, the, hold on a second. Like, the thing is, real, like, on this, too, it's like, okay, well, it's Michael Brantley. Like, okay, so that's not bad. That's a pretty good fallback plan. Michael Brantley, that's fine. But it's the same Michael Brantley who we've not seen pick up a baseball bat. At least we've seen it. They say he's working in the cages. We haven't seen Michael Brantley since September 17th, which is 10 days ago. He's 0 for his last nine. And again, he was... Looked over for John Singleton and, yesterday. And if you're hitting off a machine, it's so much different than hitting off of live major league pitching in an, in a situation like this. The, the only thing with Brantley is that, like, Dusty also said that it just takes him a while to get ready. Like, it, like because of his age and, like, where he's at, it seems like, just health-wise, that he can't pitch hit. Like, that's a huge problem. It, like, if it's going to be like this going forward, if that means... Yeah, I, I that can't Mike, on that, though. But, like, but if that's the case, that means Michael Brantley has to start... I don't buy that. Or he's completely unavailable. Yeah, but I don't buy yeah, that. I, I don't, like, I, it I, takes you a while to get warmed up. It takes you a while to get warmed up to play a baseball game. Like, if it takes you 30 minutes to get ready for a plate appearance, start warming up 30 minutes before the projected at bat in the seventh inning. Like, it's not, it's not rocket science here. But, but I think, the two the other thing is there's just so many more questions than there are answers. Like, if he was sore... Was he? When was he able to start hitting in a cage again? How much is he able to do, but without making you start worry that you're actually hurting it more or run the risk of making it worse? And then, because he hasn't seen any live pitching, now suddenly in the biggest game of the year, you're going to expect. Don't worry about all that other stuff. He's a professional hitter. He's yeah. going to be fine. And Yiner has numbers. It, there's just too many questions. Yeah, I rather. I rather. Play Yiner. Like, I, I would DH Yiner tonight and have Jordan play left field. I know it's a big outfield, but Jordan was out there yesterday with a fly ball pitcher, and Fromber's a ground ball pitcher. Like, I'm, I, I, Brantley's cool. Like, I would have him off the bench, quite frankly, like yesterday in the seventh inning instead of John Singleton. But I would roll out Yiner over Brantley today, and I don't expect that to happen unless Dusty Changes. goes back on his us. word or Brantley woke up today with his shoulder feeling. I think, bad. I think last night's why Yiner is not going to play much in the playoffs because he chases too many pitches outside the zone. And Dusty just does not agree with his what his eyes should be telling him that Martin Maldonado is not good defensively anymore. Well, he's not. I mean, Martin Maldonado is the catcher for your best three pitchers. So, like, the only time that Yiner was going to catch in the playoffs potentially is a fourth starter who is unknown right now. And you might not even need a fourth starter in the postseason, depending on where you land and the success that you have. If you only play in a wild card series, you don't have a fourth starter. So, Yiner Diaz will never catch if you only go to the wild card series. As far as the DH thing, like, if Michael Brantley's healthy, I, I don't see Yiner Diaz starting a baseball game. I, you know what? I, I don't either. I, I just. I, just, I, I was thinking about game. it. Yeah, playoff game. I, I think that in thinking about the scenario and knowing how much Dusty is going with his gut and going with his veterans and not doing anything else, and, and the whole comment earlier about someday, I mean, he's going to thank me. He's going to look back and thank me on the, that fact that I haven't played him every day. But there's no way that he's going to go away from Martin Maldonado in the playoffs. The more that, that this scenario is playing out the more I believe that. The more that Mar- that Yiner Diaz might be that big bopper bat that he was looking for the way he used Singleton last night in a situation that may or may not call for it. But I hate to say it, but I, I think if Dusty's been that hell-bent on saying, I don't care what everybody else tells me I should have done and I'm going to do what I do, we're not going to see Yiner Diaz catch it in the playoffs much. To Joe's point about Maldi not being good defensively, I mean, we all kind of know that. It's more like the intangible stuff that, that they think Maldi has. One of my pet peeves watching... It's it's any catcher that does this. I, I noticed it a lot with Maldi. Yiner did it a lot early in the year. I haven't seen him. He's gotten better at it, but still not terrific at it. I hate when catchers who are trying to like present a strike or a ball into a strike or just trying to like make a pitch a strike, framing, they, mm-hmm. they call it. I hate when they yank it all the way back into the middle of the zone. Like, then, if it's, it's a so border, egregious, the umpire is going to say, I'm not doing that. 
If it's a borderline pitch, like right there on the corner at the knees, just stick it. Like, stick it. Because now you're telling the umpire, I think that's a strike. You should call this a strike. The moment that there's a borderline pitch that might be a strike, and you catch it and then yank it to the middle of the zone, you're telling the umpire, I don't believe it's a strike. I'm trying to fool you. Martin Maldonado takes pitches at the knees and yanks them all the way back up to the hitter's belt. It drives me nuts. There were a lot of instances last night where I I thought that the way he framed a pitch led the umpire astray even more. And then he was questioning it. He was talking a lot to the umpire last night on the high on the high strike for Javi. And the other thing that I noticed, and I don't know if you caught it or not, was the one time you see he just flat out screamed at him. I missed that And one. it wasn't a very bad pitch on the outside corner that he was trying to nibble on. And Maldi just got up and started barking out at the mound to him. And I'm like, what the hell was that for? I haven't seen the ump scorecard from last night. I, th- I thought he was actually pretty consistent both ways. I thought he had a tight zone, but I thought it was a consistent yeah. zone. I think when you looked at it even on replay, a lot of the ones that Maldi was kind of begging for and, and looking to get were legitimately outside of the zone. So I don't think the zone beat him last night, if if, if that's the easiest way to sum it up. No, I, I don't either. Uh, Flimsy says after the season uh, is over, someone should ask Dusty what we were thanking him for. I think the Astros are like 13 and 16 or so since Dusty had that quote where he said the, that the uh, everybody's going to be thanking him for his usage of Yiner Diaz. Uh, Chef on the Twitch says uh, Blummer even said before Mar- Montero came in he may not have had enough time to warm up. Uh, I I did notice that Maton was warming up ahead of Montero yep. yesterday. I don't know like how many pitches Montero got in. I also don't think that like the Montero's struggles yesterday, I don't think were lack of being warm. Like I he seemed either. hot to me. The first hit he gave up, like I don't love that you got behind three and O to Cal Raleigh. Like that's unexcusable. But he also busted his bat on a 3-0 pitch and got a little bloop single down the right field line. Like that's embarrassing for Raleigh, who's sitting on a fastball, has the green light on a 3-0 count, and he has a has a broken bat blooper. Like, okay, that stinks. The next guy got a little seeing guy single through the left side. Like, that stinks. Like, I mean, Montero just was not effective yesterday because he was getting behind in counts. I don't think it was a lack of warm-up time, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, I'm not blaming it on that at all. And like I said, I felt uneasy just the minute he came into the game, and I thought that he made too many pitches too hittable. But, you know, it is what it is. Dusty loves him. Dusty's going to pl- play him. Dusty- I don't think he has many options, though. Like, we talked about it. It's like the I like where do you go in that spot if you're Dusty Baker? Like you have Maton that's an option, you have Montero Graveman. that's an option, you have Graveman that's an option. I, I don't even think Stanick's an option because I don't think Stanick, from Dusty's perspective, is in that conversation with those three. Like you're not going Naris, you're not going to Bray, you're not going Presley oh. in the fifth inning. Sousa? So it's one of those. Eh, I don't think Sousa's in that conversation. You, you could make a case because I he's like, actually been I, pretty I think, good. I think he's got some potential. But even if he is, and you're lucky enough to make the playoffs, he's not eligible for the postseason. Right, right. So like if you're in that spot, you're in the fifth and you need a guy to put out the fire in an inning, your options in the fifth inning are Maton, who has kind of struggled in that role, Graveman, or, or Rafael Montero. Like th- None of those three are great options. Like, of the Luke, three, I would go Maton. Maton's been I'm using sorry, I'm sorry, that sorry, a lot. I would go Graveman. I, I think I lean Graveman. I would go Graveman. But none of, yeah. I don't feel good about any of them, if I'm being completely honest. like which, Does any of them give you confidence? No. Any of them give you confidence? Graveman in the last go-around with fire? the Astros? Absolutely. Graveman this go-around? Yeah. Been disappointed. Montero last year, absolutely. Graveman yep. last go around with the Astros, absolutely. Mason this, first Montero, half of this no, year, yeah. Like n- none of those three really, you know, give you tons of confidence to put out a fire in the fifth inning. So that's why I like of the two big decisions from Dusty Baker last night, pinch hitting with Singleton over Brantley, maybe even Dubon because you need a base runner there. You don't need a five run homer. It's impossible. That one I'm very critical of Dusty Baker over. I think it was a lousy managerial decision, and, and I'll die on that hill. The fifth inning, while I would have kept Christian Javier in there one more batter, 
I, I think that one's a toss-up. Like, I, I think Dusty's kind of like, darned if you do, darned if you don't in that spot. You leave in Javier, oh, you left them in too long. You bring in Graven, why would you do that? He's struggling. Maton, he's struggling. Montero, he's struggling. Like, I don't think Dusty had He's picking his poison there. That's kind of a no-win because of what he's got to choose from. And, and that's a shame because this bullpen was the best bullpen in baseball a year ago. But they, they haven't been the same, just like this lineup hasn't been the same, just like their health hasn't been the same. But... With all that being said, they were in a position, and they continue to be in a position where they can still right the ship and do a lot of good going forward and get in and then see what they can do. But it all rides on tonight, and and it's already riding on what decisions Dusty's going to make with this lineup before we even get to first pitch. Season ride uh, tonight. The season ride on tonight's game. Clear it does, right? 713-780-3776. I know there's still four games left to go. They've, they've played 158. What is the Astros' regular season grade? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Most bees make honey. These Killer Bees make great sports insights. But they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. Astros' lineup is... Out. Brantley's in it. He is. Brantley's playing tonight. The Yiner's Dusty's, not. The Yiner's not. It's another key cog that is also not in it. A, a borderline big boy that is not in it. A guy that got hit by a 100-mile-per-hour fastball last night that is not in it. I had a feeling that when he got hit, he wasn't going to play. Yeah, the, the way game. they were tending to him looked like he, I had a feeling, too, he wasn't going to play. Chandler Rome tweeted after the game that uh, Chaz was moving around pretty good in the in the clubhouse, and he said that he was going to play, but uh, Chaz doesn't fill up the lineup, as we all know. No Chaz McCormick in the lineup tonight. Astros' biggest game of the year. Four games left to play. Not quite a must win, but it's, I mean, it's a must win. It's not technically, literally a must win, but it's a must win. Uh, they lead it off without Tuve at second, Bregman at third, Jordan, Bats third, DHs, Tucker's the cleanup man in right. No change in the fifth spot. Jose Abreu is there at first base. Mm. See how many intentional walks Tucker gets. Michael Brantley's in the sixth spot in left. Mauricio Dubon plays center field, bat seventh. Jeremy Pena at short. And Martin Maldonado catches bats ninth. And Fromber Valdez is on the bump. So no Yiner Diaz, which was expected if Michael Brantley was going to play. And Dusty said yesterday before the game that Michael Brantley was going to play left field today, which if he can play left field today, he should have pinch hit no for, John, for Martin Maldonado in the seventh inning yesterday. And no Chaz McCormick. Instead, it's Mauricio Dubon. You don't know the health there. I'm sure Dusty will have some comments here shortly. Uh, but, of course, you know it didn't look good yesterday in the ninth. Do you think that Dusty makes any mention of the fact that uh, that, that Chaz got plunked? And he that- did last night. He said he doesn't like his guys getting hit. He thinks that with the universal DH, pitchers are a lot more brave than they used to be. Yeah, he mentioned it last night. Yeah, I think he might bring it up again tonight because if he's not in the lineup in this this uh, game of this magnitude, it, it's even bigger. But, I mean, I'm really going to watch Brantley closely because I'm really i surprised he's in there. And I, I really don't feel confident. The same way I don't feel confident in Montero, I, I hope he proves me wrong. I don't feel confident that Michael Brantley is going to come in and look like 
you know, he, he's having good at bats tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have, I would have rolled Yiner there. I would have no, played no Jordan. I would have Jordan would have been my left fielder tonight. Yiner would have been my DH tonight. And if Chaz is healthy enough to play, and Chaz is telling me he's healthy enough to play, he would have been in center field. But I don't know enough there to, right. to say that Dubon in center field is a bad, a bad choice. Because I mean, Chaz could just be unavailable. Could have woke up today with a really stiff back, and you don't want a dude who's at seventy percent having to man center field and get four at bats in a critical game. Yeah, but you bring up the point, and it's it's a good one. If he says he can play, if he's loosened up to the point where he can go, I mean, I, I just don't know how you don't put him out there just because of what he's meant to you this entire season and what he continues to do when he's in the lineup. I, I know. I'm not going to be – I harp on him enough, but this is another thing that's very concerning to me. And, and the fact that with Brantley, the fact that we're going to see him in the outfield as well, that that's concerning to me too. Depending on whatever state of his health he's at, but I just have zero confidence that this guy's going to be you know ready to hit you know in the biggest game of the year against major league pitching. Would you, would you say he's been out ten days? Ten days, roughly. I played on the seventeenth, so it might be a, this might be a ten days. This is the eleventh, something like that. I hope I hope they hit the cover off of it. I hope that it's not a factor, but it does bother me. No, no, he's been on. He's been off nine days. This is the tenth day, so he's he's missed nine games entirely. But like. Brantley's Brantley's injuries have nothing to do with his range defensively. Like that's that's a shoulder no, ailment. Yeah. So like his his range defensively should be but, fine. But what's something like what what I can get concerned about with if Chaz is stiff, like I can't have a dude manning center field who's at seventy percent of his capacity when it when you're talking about center field range. Like it's a critical game. If my guy can't move out in center field, that's a pretty big deal. So like without having any information on the severity the of Chaz McCormick's like stiffness, how he's feeling, uh, and then that also works defensively. And the fact that Mauricio Dubon, I don't love him in center field. I think he's passable. I think he's fine. I think he's athletic. I think he's speedy. I think he's quick. I don't think he's a natural center fielder, so he doesn't get great jumps and reactions on balls. But you look at his last 38 games, his last 108 at-bats, He's hitting 343. So, like, Mauricio Dubon is not a bad option to have in the lineup if Chaz is far less than 100%. So, I can't be – I'm not critical of that one because of the Chaz getting hit by pitch, looked awfully painful, and Mauricio Dubon has been swinging a hot bat. My question with Brantley, too, is is if he's he's had soreness and so they've been, you know, careful in what he did – how much was he doing out in the field? How much? How many? You know, fly balls was he was he shagging and running around and doing the things that you're going to need him to do? Brantley, yeah. I mean, that. I mean, he, he played ten days ago. He should be able to catch fly balls in left field. Like he's I just he's need, a baseball player. His you entire life. It's like I need bike. guys that are like on point, ready to go, going to give you your best chance to win. Yeah. And if there's any questions at all. And I didn't know the numbers that you just brought up about Yiner, but if that's the case, there's even more reason to believe that, look, if he hasn't helped you for the last nine days and he hasn't been available, then why not roll with guys that have been in the lineup, that have gotten at bats, that give you your best chance to put up a good offensive night, yeah. no matter what you do defensively? I, 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 think, it's fair. I think it's fair to compare the Yiner and the um, Brantley offensively, but I don't, I'm not worried about Brantley Defensively, offensively is a question. Defensively, I'm not really that concerned. Yeah, about. I just don't think Dusty agrees. Like, I, I think we're all on the same page. It's, it's Yiner over Brantley in this situation, but clearly mm-hmm. Dusty doesn't think that mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Pro- but the, the problem that I have with that is it's talking out of both sides of your mouth. Because okay, Dusty, like I will concede to you that Brantley is the better option over Yiner Diaz. Okay, like we don't agree, but let's concede that point for a moment. 
Well, how is John Singleton getting a pinch hit in the seventh inning in a critical game over the guy that you're telling me is more reliable than Yonder Diaz? Totally It is contradicting. It's talking out of both sides of his mouth. That's what I cannot stand. Like, if you want to go Brantley over Diaz today, I personally don't love it, but I'll take your word for it. You're trustworthy, I guess, and Dusty we trusty. Like, whatever. Like, Brantley's a good option. Like, Brantley's not bad. He's been hurt. He hasn't played. That's concerning. But Michael Brantley's still Michael Brantley. So if Dusty's telling me that he trusts Michael Brantley more in a big game over Yonder Diaz, cool. All in, I trust you. In Dusty, I trust you. But in the same vein, you cannot pinch hit with John Singleton over Michael Brantley. And I think the other thing, too, guys, is the fact that at this point in the season, with everything that's already been brought up and everything that Dusty has, how he's reacted to it, he just pushed all his chips in the corner and just said, you know what, I'm doing it my way. I don't have to tell you that, but I'm just going to do what I'm going to do, and I don't have to tell you anything else. And I'm going to play Michael Brantley tough if you don't like it. We'll see how it works out, but... I think at this point, too, he pretty much feels like this is probably it for him, too. He's not going to stop doing what he's doing. And, and you're right, Joe. I think we all are on the same page that we would go the other way. And right now, he doesn't care. Like I just don't understand how Dusty Baker like watches the games and manages the games that he does and says, Michael Brantley should be in the lineup, but he also shouldn't be batting behind Kyle Tucker. These guys are going to keep walking Tucker for Abreu. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a bigger issue with Abreu at five. I do anything else because it, Scott Service is going to keep doing the same thing. I don't He's, think today though you really have like you're batting Brantley fifth. Yeah, fine. Like it's you better, got three lefties in a row. Uh, okay, like uh, it could be worse. Like there are worse because frankly, two of the three for sure can hit lefties, and I think Brantley can too. Like it's Jordan Alvarez won the World Series last year and beat the Mariners basically single handedly by hitting lefties coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. Kyle Tucker can hit lefties, but like Jose Abreu can't hit anyone. You needed him mo- the most last night to try to have a comeback. He barely got it to the mound. Look, did you have the sound down, or did you hear the impact of that one? You couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear anything. You could have heard a pin drop. The like, uh, the five guys after Tucker today. Look, I, I know that Dubon's been hitting well. Uh, Dubon doesn't really like put even even when Dubon's hitting three thirty, like he doesn't strike fear in your hearts because he's not getting a ton of extra base hits, things like that. Same thing with Pena. Like Pena's been rolling pretty good, like three seventy on base in his last whatever games we said forty fifty games, whatever it is. Those guys are like, they can get on base for you, but there is no one after Kyle Tucker that strikes fear in the hearts of Seattle at all. Like, does this strike fear into your heart at all if you're an opposing pitcher? Jose Abreu, bum shoulder Michael Brantley, light hitting Mauricio Dubon, lost all his power, Jeremy Pena, and Martin Maldonado, who's had zero offensive game for the last, basically his whole career. Yeah, I mean, it inspires zero I think fear. you're going to respect Brantley's ability. But I think it, based on what he's the situation matters, and based on what he's coming off of, I don't think anybody thinks that he's going to, you know, come off. And before he got hurt, and before he was shut down for the last nine days, he wasn't exactly on a hot streak either. I, I feel like he would be one guy. Pena's actually doing a lot to to be a more effective hitter now. Pena doesn't put the fear in your heart, so no. None of those guys do. Texan Matt, will there be payback for the hit-by-pitch? I don't think there will be unless the game gets out of hand. I think if they're up late, they will. I think if they're down late, they will too, which is kind of chicken bleep. But, I, I don't like doing it when you're down late. I think it's chicken bleep. But I, I think part of Dusty's mentality is I'm not leaving town without at least letting them get I'm not going to let them get away with it. I don't want there to be retaliation early. I don't because Frommer melts down when there's mm-hmm. retaliation or he throws at guys. Plus, this game's too critical to just give away free base runners. Like, if the game does not get out of hand, it's tight throughout. You just don't do it. You save it till next year. Uh, there should be some retaliation, especially sure. especially with Chaz missing the game. Like yep, that's like, big. 
the fact that Chaz is not playing tonight, this is one that you store away for the opportune time to retaliate. Now, it might not come tonight, and you need to know that tonight might not be the night for the opportunity of retaliation. I don't want Fromber thrown at anybody, period. No doubt. I don't want anybody being hit intentionally in a tight, close game. But it's coming. It's you, Chaz McCormick oh, you, is forced you, out of tonight's game. It's coming. Baseball has long memories. It, it ain't does. going away. But at the same time, your point is is outstanding, and that is the fact that Fromber does not do well when he has to do those things. And when he does those things, just based on the reactions immediately and then subsequently after that, things don't go well for him. And, and he does, he gets too caught up in it, and then it, it just everything unravels. You yep. don't want him doing that tonight. And, and King of Twitch and I went back and forth on Twitter earlier about this, on Twitch earlier about this. I don't want to give them any opportunity to get anything started. So I'm not going to do it in the first inning. I'm not going to do it when the score is tied. I'm only going to do it late in the game if I'm up big and maybe if I'm down big. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Well, great, the Astros regular season when the Astros regular season is done. All right, 3-0 teams in the NFL. You have to pick one to win the Super Bowl. 0-3 teams in the NFL, you have to pick one to make a playoff run. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Make sure you're getting in those nominees for Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. We already have some pretty good nominees in. Joe George might win a second day in a row. But you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. If you're in a car accident, if someone you know is in a car accident, you need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm today. There's always that concern about, well, how much will I pay? You don't have to pay a dime until you win. That's the biggest thing, Jeremy, but the other big thing is is that Steve and his staff are there to make sure they take care of you, and they don't take care of you unless you win. That's why they don't get paid unless you win. I have a friend of mine that, that's first language is Spanish, and he was concerned that that someone, he was the victim, someone actually ran, ran an intersection, hit him, caused him a lot of physical pain and, and medical attention, and also basically ruined his vehicle, and he thought, well, I don't know if anybody I could turn to. Well, Steve has a staff full of bilingual uh, staff members that were able to assist. They they were concerned about the fact that the main priority was get you what you deserve. You didn't do wrong. It wasn't your fault. You reported it as such, and, and yet you were afraid to go get what you was, what's rightfully yours. Then you don't have to because Steve and his crew are going to do it for you. Do not let the insurance companies run all over you. Call Hollingsworth Law Firm right now. 713-999-8773. 713-999-8773. Or just go online. Visit the website, carwrecktexas.com. That's carwrecktexas.com. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Uh, 8327, is it safe to say you would rather have Maldonado's bat in the lineup rather than Abreu's? It's a trick question, I feel. Yeah, no, it's not safe to say that. Uh, <clears throat> I, I can't go that far. but I, I just don't feel like it's a realistic question. Like... How? What's the scenario where this happens? Like Martin Maldonado is the only dude ever catching from Valdez. Right. Yiner hasn't caught him once. Right, but if you're just talking about bat alone, I think it's a no-brainer too because I believe that yeah, it's feast or famine, and there's a chance that Maldi could go yard on you, and he had a key hit early in the series. But overall, 
I'm going to trust more as a professional hitter, not that it's much professional this year as the, as much as he has struggled. I'm going to trust Abreu more to get me more consistency at, at every plate appearance than than uh, Maldi. Yeah, if you're like talking about a bottom of the ninth situation, runner at second, winning the game, two outs, like if that's the question, yeah, I'd rather have Abreu up in that spot than than Maldonado. Um, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I think with this lineup, like if you're if you're hell bent on playing these nine guys, Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Tucker, Abreu, Brantley, Dubon, Pena, Maldonado. I think this is one where you try to stick Pena in the two spot. That way, you extend your lineup. And I know that that pushes Tucker down to fifth, which isn't ideal. But Pena's been getting on base enough where you have a guy who's getting on base ahead of your power. You go Altuve, Bregman, or Altuve, Pena. Jordan Bregman Tucker. That way, you have at least like five guys at the top that like kind of have good feng shui. Like you get Altuve Pena on base, you got some power behind him. Instead, no one's going to pitch to Kyle Tucker because Jose Abreu's hitting right behind him. I hate to sound like Dusty on this, but I feel more confident in a plate appearance in the upper part of the lineup with Alex Bregman than I do with Jeremy Pena. Uh, I, I still feel like Jeremy Pena is in key situations, I don't have the kind of confidence that I that I do in Bregman. That I mean, Bregman's batting fourth. You're not really demoting the guy. I know you're moving him down the lineup, but the cleanup spot's really important. It is. We, we talked about it. But I, I don't feel like... I believe that Pena's still going to get a steady diet of off-speed pitches and the chances of him not having a good at-bat and having the same kind of eye in the zone uh, in, in key situations worries me. I mean, they went 53-9 and nine last year when Pena bad second. He won World Series MVP and ALCS MVP and doing it. He's been it. rolling. Like, been I just, rolling. It worked so good last year. I'm just really surprised Dusty hasn't gone back to it. And he did for a while, and they were playing pretty well. And then Tucker got a little cold, and he's like, well, I need to figure out how to get Tucker back into the, you know, either right behind Jordan, in front of Jordan, whatever. Like, they were kind of rolling there with Pena uh, batting second for a little while. And again, like, if, if, you're, four, if you're five through nine, after Tucker is Abreu, Brantley, Dubon, Pena, Maldonado, which strikes fear in nobody. Mm-mm. I think the way you extend the lineup is you get a guy who's been getting on base a ton, who has the clutch gene to put him in that two hole, move Bregman to four, sandwich him behind the lefties. Maybe they get Bregman going because Bregman's been struggling a lot, and now it extends your lineup a bit. It now does. Brantley, now now Abreu six, Brantley seven, Dubon can get on for the top of the lineup. Like, eh, whatever. At this point, I mean, we've exhausted what we would do versus what Dusty's going to do. But I don't know. And again, you don't, you don't worry about feelings and things like that. But I think that kind of an abrupt change right then and there, I could, it could go one of two ways. And I just have a lot of confidence in Alex Bregman, no matter what he's done over the last 20 at-bats, if he's in a, in a big-time situation in the biggest game of the year. Seven one three seven eight zero espn Biggest game of the Astros season, and a lot of people are happy or unhappy about the lineup. Maybe Fromber just shoves. Maybe Fromber just goes Let's hope so. eight innings. Shut out baseball. Astros score five runs, and everybody's has a nice stress free evening. Um, Dolphins, 49ers, Eagles, Blankers mm-hmm. are the only three and O teams in the league. You have to pick one to win the Super Bowl. What I like about this is it eliminates the Chiefs. You have to pick one of these teams to win it all. Dolphins, 49ers, Eagles, the only three teams at three and O. Who's the one team that wins it all? To me, you don't elim- you don't have to eliminate the Chiefs completely though, because if you're the Dolphins, you got to get through the Chiefs and and a really tough AFC. And I think that we we've, we've all been in agreement that it's a two team race in the NFC. And I believe of those two teams, I believe Philadelphia. I, I I understand that Purdy has been doing really well. I just trust in Jalen Hurts and the Eagles more. 
And I believe the fact that with that defense and you add Carter to it, which they didn't have a year ago, and you have all those weapons, and you have a guy that, you know, whether you want to be nitpicky and say he hasn't really played great this year, he hasn't had to, but I believe that if I'm going to pick one of those three teams that has the best chance to win the Super Bowl, I'm going to take Philadelphia because they got better defensively just adding Carter alone. I believe that they have all the skill position players. And I believe that, that Jalen Hurts made a believer out of me. I, I, I'll take him and I'll take my chances as opposed to the other two because I believe San Francisco, I just I need to see Brock Purdy in the biggest of games and because of the fact Miami's got to get through a gauntlet in the AFC. If the Dolphins and Eagles play in the Super Bowl, who would you pick? I'd take the Eagles. See, I think i go Dolphins, but because the Chiefs are in the AFC, I, it's hard for me to say the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But I like the Niners more. I think the Niners are a little bit more balanced. I, I am a Brock Purdy believer. I believe in Brock Purdy. Uh, I like Kyle Shanahan more than I like Nick Sirianni as well. So that's something that plays into to my pick. I, I would go 49ers of these three teams. Joseph George. 49ers. The fellow, the fellow behind you shaking his head he's no. Philly, he's wearing, he's he's wearing a Dynamo kit, and he's, he's a Philadelphia Eagle fan. He's from How Philly. do you have a Houston Dynamo kit on? Because he works for the Dynamo. Get a job. <laughs> Those are all excellent reasons. <laughs> I, look, I, I had the 49ers and the Bengals before the Super Bowl, so if you're giving me the 49ers as an option here, I'm going to take them. You and Niners? Yeah. So Joe and I have Niners. Blinkers has the Eagles. All right, let's go to the opposite conversation. Conversely, you have four 0-3 teams in the NFL. Real murderer's row here. Denver, Minnesota, the lowly Chicago Bears, mm. and the Carolina Panthers. Those, go are the, first? those are the only four 0-3 teams <laughs> in the NFL. Who do you have, Joe George, to make a playoff run? I guess I'm picking Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Oh, they are going to go first and pick the Bears. Hell no. <laughs> then why did you want to go first? Because so he's got to win the division in order to save two bets. Look, guys, there's a chance I'm paying those off this week. When the Broncos beat them this weekend, I might just show up with a hat and a bottle of Gentle Ben for you guys on Monday. I get oh, to pick the right. hat. You I get to the, pick the hat. You had the Bears, but I'd forgotten about oh, I that. I did, yeah. Joe, I, I, and this is why we. I told Joe that he makes the worst bets, because he could have gotten plus money on this. Joe George, if you're a new listener to the Killer Bees, where, where have you been? But he bet Blankers a hat that the Bears would win the division, yep. and he, bear, he bet me a bottle of Gentle Ben that the Bears would win the division. Well, I entered the trash. I entered the transfer portal, so I, and I've exited the transfer portal. I am a Texans fan now, so see you, Chicago. What are you going to do with the draft 2024? Seriously. Well, until then. And he's going to just jump back. Yeah. JT Daniels transferred five times. That's embarrassing. Why can't I? Because you're going back. That actually happens a lot it's, more than people think. I know it does. They, they, a lot of, lot of There's a lot of Texas fans leave that jump their back. own team and then jump back to the team A lot of Texas fans did it at. the last three or four years. Yeah, I have. I know at least one guy that did that. A lot uh, of more Cowboys fans in hiding. So you Don't got deny. you got the Vikings. Who are you pick? Who I got your, the Vikings I, as well. It's the only answer. Right? It is. It's like, the, oh, the only yeah, legitimate it's the only chance. It's the only answer. Denver looks like a debacle. Uh, embarrassing. They gave up a first rounder for Sean Payton. Russell Wilson. Like and I don't think second. he finishes the season. I don't think he – they gave a first and a set. That's way too much. That's unbelievable where, the, where those picks could be. Russ is going to sit the bench before the season's over. Chicago is awful. I, That's a dumpster fire. I'm not sure what's worse in Chicago, Eberflus or Fields. All of the above? Like, which of the two is Did worse? Did they get the equipment that was stolen back before they get a win? I don't think so. Carolina, <laughs> like, Bryce Young's going to miss a bunch of games because he's brittle and he fragile pra- and yeah, little. He practiced, he practiced today, today. Like, is he gonna? They said one to two weeks. They said he was very limited today. So why would you even? Why would you roll him out there? That makes no sense to yeah. consider playing him. He's already fragile, brittle, and little. Why would you run him out there with a bum ankle? Like, 
you're not going anywhere this year. Now, you don't have your own first-rounder, so like maybe that's part of the calculus a little bit. Minnesota's lost a bunch of close games, and Kirk Cousins is putting up huge numbers here. They won 13 games last year. Maybe I shouldn't care about that. But the Joe stats coming, coming to fruition, though. They're 0-3. Yeah, 0-3 yeah, in one-score score games as opposed to them maximizing every one-score game a year ago, seemingly. Yeah. If you told every me team in the NFL plays a lot of one-score games, though. If you told me I couldn't pick the Vikings, I guess my answer, answer would be the Panthers. Just because maybe Derek Carr is going to miss a lot of time, and like I just really don't believe in that division. But it's definitely not the Broncos, and it's definitely not the Bears. See, it can't be the Broncos for the same reason because the AFC is a gauntlet, and in that division with with the the Chargers getting off to a slow start, but I don't think that they're done. And the fact that you got to get through the Chiefs, yeah, the Panthers would be the only option if it's not Minnesota. It's definitely not the Bears, but Minnesota's the only answer. And friend, so I, the only I answer. someone tweeted this out. I saw um, the last couple of days that. 15 of the last 21 years, a team that has started 0-4 has secured the number one pick. So this weekend, one of those four teams, well, you got something all, to hope for. they all play each other. So which pick did Denver give up? Is it this coming season? I don't even know because I don't know what was in the Russell Wilson deal and what was in the Sean Payton deal. Like, do they have their own pick? Does it Denver sends its 2012, oh my goodness. No, they don't. Denver's 2023 first round pick from San Francisco. Okay, so it's San Francisco's pick, not theirs. They have, I, I think that they have their own first rounder. Or is that part of the Russell Wilson deal? Yeah, there was two different Still. deals. There's the Peyton deal and there's the Russ deal. Like they gave up a ton for it. So like I, it's hard, they're hard to keep track of. But like, so they so, gave up San Fran for Sean Payton though, and then a 2024 pick to New Orleans for Payton. Okay. Yeah, so the first rounder they're giving to the Saints is the San Francisco pick this year. So they 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 control their first pick this year, and the first that they're giving the Saints is next year's first. They have their own first this year. It was not part of the Russell Wilson trade. Okay. So they have their own first this season. So that's good. They traded their second this year, and then I guess San Francisco's pick is going to um, New Orleans as well. But so these, and these teams all play each other. So like if the if that math holds. See that might not be that bad for Sean Payton though. Like if they get if he, he, if get he gets Caleb Williams, he's yeah. he's, th- he's thr- pumped up. Yeah, he's thrilled. But the thing is, they're going to win this weekend. So who do they have? I haven't looked at this. They play the Bears. Chicago. That's the big. It's the basement. Oh, that's bowl. the game the, that they the, should. Uh, yeah. They all, should. They should flex that game to the WB. All, yeah, all it's the, the o- basement bowl. All the zero and three teams play each other this weekend. The Panthers play the Vikings and the Bears play the Broncos. It's like a little tournament that they have for the first pick. So it's like whoever, like the two teams that lose this game, like they have the the edge towards the first pick. I would like to turn these game into the loser leaves the league. You give a nice little gimmick to it. You lose, you're out. Well, Joe doesn't care now. Cool. Make it make it significant. Look, make it's it the worst matter. on organization in the NFL. There's no way to deny it. They are. They're really bad. Eberflus is a joke. Like, I, I mean, honestly, he's awful. The co- offensive coordinator. Uh, Gets he's awful. That place, that play calling system is trash. It's it's, it's absolutely just it's a, embarrassing. It was a disaster for Russell Wilson with Nathaniel Hackett. It's going bad for the Jets. It's bad in Chicago, and you know this. It wasn't great at first with Aaron Rodgers nope. with with the old nope. on the floor until Rodgers got his hands on it. And I know you're not happy with Jordan Love this year. I'm not. Like it is the opposite of the Kyle Shanahan tree. That offensive coordinator tree is a disaster so far. Whatever they're trying to run. Was but it like, two years ago you hired a GM? I think yeah. And then he he took Eberflus. Yeah, if, if they if they if they expand, like if Mike Florio is correct, and they expand the NFL, and they look at Chicago and the city, because the city of Chicago wants to have a team. If the Bears go to the suburbs, I'm fully 100 percent jumping ship. Like I'm out. If you can give me a real reason to leave, that's why. Like I'm serious. I am 
a million times more invested in the Texans yeah. than the Bears. Because I think that's bush the, league. I the, think it's a bush league take of yours. They're so bad. I don't think you should. I don't think you should like change your they your made, alliance to the second Chicago team once you've already left Chicago and you work in sports radio in Houston. You got to stay the with the Texans. I'm sticking with the Texans, but like if I had to root for the Chicago team, like I'm gonna root for the other one. But like I I'm done with them. They are the I don't most pathetic that. organization. And yeah, Caleb Williams and Ben Johnson will make me jump back. Yeah, the I don't believe that. You will be back. Like yeah, because they're gonna get they're gonna get Caleb Williams and Marvin. Harrison Jr. and I'm going to be ecstatic. Joe's a fanatic. King of Twitch says that you need a coffee. By the way, he you already had me. one. He didn't owes you? me a coffee. I know. I but like you guys, seven you one three. Another one. Yeah, you said you I was going to get another one on Friday. But you guys say you don't drink coffee before Excuses. the show. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Our car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Get your nominees in now. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two. Don't forget that you owe me that second coffee, by the way, because I almost did. So I need you to make you put that in your little rundown there. Uh, hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at Allstate Siding and Windows. Look, we see that there's bad weather right now. There's rain. You know that in Houston you're going to deal with hurricane season. You're going to deal with excessive heat. Sometimes it gets so cold that sometimes you may lose your heat. Well, you know how you can prevent a lot of that from getting to be too bad of a problem? Get some siding and windows that can keep the energy in and the air conditioning in when it's hot and the heat in when it's cold and also protect you on the outside from all of the elements. No more staining and repairing your home. No more painting excessively. Because if you put the right siding on your house, it can keep you insulated. It's a great protection barrier against wind and weather. And it looks great, and it maintains its look throughout the years. From the windows perspective, double-pane quality windows. I mean, vinyl windows are the way to go because you can save up to 40% of the energy on your uh, in, on your energy bills, on your electric bills, because you use vinyl windows, and you can get both at the same spot. you got to check it out right now. Allstate Siding and Windows, they're the best in the business. They've been in business for four generations, and it's family-owned and operated. They're always going to be there to take care of you, and they're always, they always have deals going on to handle the people in H-Town and give them the right, the right customer service. $150 off on windows right now with a minimum of 10 windows. The fact of the matter is you can get 12 months interest-free, save up to $2,000 on siding. But ask them for their recommendations. Talk to them about what you got going on and how they can help because they're experts in their field for a reason. They've been in H-Town forever, so they know what you're dealing with, and they're going to give you the quality answers that you're expecting so you can make the right decisions. Call them right now, 832-204-1936. That's 832-204-1936, or go to their website, allstatewindowsandsiding.com. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Astros season on the line tonight. Not not technically a must win, but, but it's a must win. It's a must win. 713-780-ESPN. Get those car wreck of the day nominees in presented by carwrecktexas.com uh, this is the music of one fromber valdez he's on the mound for the astros tonight fromber he's the astros ace and they're asking a lot of their ace tonight in seattle fromber 12 and 11 339 era he's countered by bryce miller that's not a slouch not a slap he's got really good stuff actually eight and six with a 417 era not a big sample, but has had good success against the Astros hitters. Astros just four for 38 against Bryce Miller. Uh, Yiner has half of those hits, and Yiner with the only extra base hit of those four. You know, when you look at this game tonight, Jeremy, I, I think, and Joe, Fromber's the guy that wanted to be the ace 
Remember how he took it personal when they made the trade for Verlander a little bit and he wanted to really come out and shove from that point on to, to basically say it's great to have JV back, but I want to be the ace. This is the Wait, kind of game. Well, well, where'd you get that? There was a lot of talk about that, that he felt extra motivation when they made the trade for Verlander and that his next start after that, like there was extra motivation for him to make the statement that he was still the ace okay. of the staff. All right. So I want to see it tonight. Uh, these are the kind of games that an ace goes out and gives you an unbelievably good performance when you need it most. And that's what I'm expecting out of Fromber. It looked like he's gotten back to his old stuff, his old ways. Looks like he, you know, he can get command of his stuff. If his breaking pitches are on, he can be virtually unhittable. And we've seen that throughout the course of the season. I expect a big time performance from Fromber Valdez tonight. Yeah, I hope that we see it. I hope that we see it with Fromber Valdez. That would be nice because tonight's big four to play. You have the half game lead, of course. Seattle has the tiebreaker. Rangers take on the Angels, another game that you're probably scoreboard watching a little bit. And then the Rangers and Mariners finish the season up with a uh, a four-game series. Do you care at all about Toronto anymore? I'm still I, – I, I still watch – the Garrett Cole's on the mound tonight for the Yankees. And my Yankee friends, uh, I wanted to know when he was pitching because I still want to make sure that you get every opportunity to make the playoffs. So I do still care. I want Cole to shut them down tonight, and I and I you know I don't want them to back into the playoffs, but I want Toronto to continue to lose. Yeah, you're a game and a half back, and they have the tiebreaker. So that means that you have to jump them by two games with four left to play. Possible, but also, not probable. You also don't want to jump Toronto. I don't because I think the sixth seed is where you want to be. I think you want to mm-hmm. be that third wild card. Uh, you you play Minnesota, which Minnesota is no slouch either. Minnesota is a little underrated, I think. Uh, but then it matches you up with Texas as well. Now, ideally, maybe you just win four games in a row. Seattle can help you a little bit out in the Texas series, and you 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 find out find a way to win the division. That's best case scenario. Of course, worst case scenario is you miss the playoffs entirely. What's your what's your gut feeling in terms of the how how Frommer's going to pitch tonight, and, and how do you, you know how do you see the game going tonight with the lineup we've seen and everything? Because I think Frommer's going to give you. He's going to give up one run in in six plus. Uh, okay, I'm I'm cool with that. Seven runs or seven innings, two runs. I think the Astros win tonight. Maybe I'm crazy, but these like dust, these lineups I that we too. get these lineups that we get mad at Dusty Baker for. They usually work. produce, or he usually gets a really good pitching matchup, and then we look silly for questioning his lineups. Is usually how it works. And look, the Astros are the champion until they're not. Maybe I'm being too overly optimistic. I think they find a way to get it done tonight. I really do. I do, too. I, I believe that because of Fromber, first and foremost, I don't know how the offense is going to play out. I don't know if, if, if Abreu and Bregman can snap out of this or if the Altuve and Jordan and Tuck can continue to carry them or if Brantley's going to give you anything at all. I just feel like on the road, this team doesn't feel the extra pressure on the road, they've been in these environments before, and they've been able to perform, and the majority of the guys are in the lineup tonight. And I believe that this team is capable of winning this game, and they should win this game. All right, let's get to our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. You all right? My leg is broken. The bolt's coming through. This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, the nominees for our Car Wreck of the Day. Joe's been nominated twice. <laughs> I Let's mean, it's go. Joe and everybody else. Joe's been nominated twice. I'd like to nominate Jose Altuve's errant throw in the first inning yesterday. Bad decision to throw it. Second, it was a terrible throw. And who do you think you are? Like, you're a self 
you you admit yourself that you have a lousy arm, which you do. You're very self- honest about your lousy arm. What are you doing? What are you doing, Jose Altuve? So I nominate Jose Altuve's terrible throw in the first inning yesterday that cost you a run. Do we just get one, or can we, can, can we just go with Let's just do one. You can do as many Let's as you Let's just do one? Okay. Just well, one. Are you, we don't got a ton of time. Well, don't I have to nominate Joe then because he won't nominate himself? And Joe's already been nominated by the twi- by the uh, texters. By texters. Oh. Joe's been nominated for the attempted murder for the pilot that was doing some coke. And he also got uh, nominated just now for his take on the on the uh, Bears. Uh, that's weak sauce, Joe. Suffer like all the real Bears fans. Uh, Nomination mean, look, for Car Wreck of the Day. I ain't the only one jumping ship. Car Wreck of the Day is so much more than Altuve's throw. Car Wreck of the Day is the, the fact that pitchers don't know how to back up bases anymore and, and that in multiple occasions when you could have saved runs and kept them off the board by just being in the position that you're taught to be in when you're playing the, the position of pitcher backing up bases, you didn't do it on multiple occasions in one of the biggest games of the year. That was pretty bad. I'd like to nominate Dusty Baker for uh, not pinch-hitting Michael Brantley and then playing and He's tonight. in the lineup tonight. But do we know if he was available? Dusty said he was available. You know he's one game they away said, from needing one more game. He said he was available I mean, on Monday, so I don't know what would have changed yesterday. Yeah, and Dusty today. said after the game he was available. He said he was available Monday. He said he was available Tuesday. He said before the game Tuesday that he was going to be in the lineup today. I would say it's safe to say he was available. I, I want to see what Michael Brantley looks like because I never believe what Dusty says anymore Yeah, on that stuff. I just don't. Uh, I mean, I'm also going to, again, if I did it yesterday, I'll do it again today in terms of, and it, for a different reason, the dumbass Seattle fan that decided, the kid that decided to throw the ball and good hit his one. own pitcher. It's a really just a complete one. ass clown. You know what? I'd like to put my vote towards him. I bet I you would. I, I bet gonna, you would. I know. Ha-ha, Joe's stupid. Ha-ha, Joe wins. Who was that guy? Did you see the woman yelling at him? I couldn't tell if that was there like was an... two. Was that like an usher? Or was that his mother? The blonde lady in front, I believe, was an usher. The lady in back escorting him, I believe, was a parent. I think. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. I couldn't tell which one. All right, so Joe's voting for the Seattle, the stupid Seattle fan in a stupid baseball city. I'm going to vote... For Joe saying it, I am murder. too. I mean, that one shocker to me, but that one was <laughs> just a no brain. Why is he not it's in the jail a for attempt no, But murder. you fought it hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, conspiracy to commit murder. I guess. I mean, still got to have some sort of intent there. All right, Joe George is our car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. You get into a car wreck, you give them the call seven one three nine 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 eight seven seven three, or visit their website CarWreckTexas.com. It's gonna do it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Branham. We're going to toss it to National for an hour. And then Glenn Davis and Bobby Boswell on the call. The Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Dynamo taking on Inter-Miami. Until tomorrow, so long, Houston.